All right. Uh, welcome in uh, to week two, episode two of uh, Dope. Yeah. Man. <laughs> How you Yeah, doing? welcome back. Welcome back. Feeling pretty good. A little tired. A little tired. Yesterday was uh, was an interesting day. Kind of sad, but kind of optimistic. We uh, moved your sister into her first apartment. Uh-huh. Um, with, yeah, yeah. With her, uh, with her fiance, no doubt. And you know, which is a whole other topic. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, it was a long day. You know, we uh, got us situated. You know, of course, I live in um, Elizabethtown, Kentucky. And mm-hmm. she moved to Louisville, uh, Kentucky, where uh, we're both from originally. And uh, so, you know, just the transporting of, of, of furniture and, you know, uh, when you first started out, you don't have a lot. So, you know, uh, we uh, helped her get a bunch of stuff together, uh, get her moved in, got her moved in. You know, she moved up on the second floor, which is steps, you know, and yeah. as I'm getting carrying couches and beds and dresses up steps, but it, it was necessary, but we got it done. You know, it was it was a long, it was a good day, but a tiring day at the same time. You know, um, met uh, my my daughter's future in laws for the first time, and that was that went better than expected. You know, well, that's good. I guess because yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a great thing, I guess. Um, you know, you have all these preconceived ideas and, and so on and so forth, and um, but it went it went. It went well. I'll just say that it went it went well. Um, so, but yeah, you know, it was a long day. Uh, didn't get a chance to do all the things that I normally do throughout my day. Um, you know, didn't get a chance to check the news feeds like I normally do. And, but I did. I am aware that you know Bernie won. You know, um, boom, convincingly, convincingly, and I know that makes you happy. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah, burning over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel the burn, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the day to settling in, um, having a typical Sunday, uh, catching up on news and relaxing and getting prepared, getting prepared for the uh, work week. Oh. How about you? Uh, yeah. This week was it was it was all right. Like it was a, a long week. Um, students were testing this week. It's their last big test of the school year for uh, my okay. first year and second year. So a lot of stress for them, um, a lot of grading <laughs> for me. Um, then my uh, my third year students, they're you know they were rapidly approaching uh, graduation day for them, and graduation graduation isn't exactly the word, but there's no real like there's no other word I can say for it like in English uh-huh. um, so right um, so he's going like they're going to be taking tests for their entry exams and uh, wow. or, yeah to get into high school so um, completely different system and we'll get, we'll get into that another time but between that and right. you know, we got the coronavirus stuff going on over here and yeah man that's that's yeah but that I have been watching you know mainly because of you know you but yeah. also you know just to be aware but that's that's and they're not telling us everything over here you know you know um you can tell because of the different stories that we're hearing 
and uh, some of them are kind of conflicting. So whenever I see conflicting stories, I know that the truth is being filtered. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, it, that's to be expected because people can't handle the truth. Like, people say they can handle the truth and people say that they want control, but people lose control when you tell them the truth. Um, so <laughs> that's And that's the truth. Yeah, and so, like, because of that, like, you can only tell people so much. Um, but um, that does breed distrust and conspiracy. And what I've seen from the news in America and abroad, it's bred racism, um, which shocker, shocker that the first thing that people <laughs> do is decide, you know what, we're just going to be racist. Like, that's it's yeah, the newsflash. Yes, the, the instinctual behavior of, of uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. colonists is to do that. But um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, here a teacher got it and not not at my school um okay and uh they closed down her school um because because like i mean like who who knows how many of the students she infected and by keeping those students going to school they're going to be around other kids who are going to be taking other places and it's just um it's just it would breed a disaster that that's the beginning of the pandemic and there's no way to control it there's no way to control it here this isn't a communist society right. like China. You can't lock down a city here in Japan. It would just be out of control. Well, so. well I mean, you know, um, and I know we have our topics to get into, but yeah. you sparked my curiosity. So now I'm, I'm, I'm even more concerned about you. So has 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 your school been? How has your school? My school is good. Um, we're not even close to where everything's going down so i mean the city that i live in like it's going on in the city that i live in but like i'm on the far outskirts of the city so i'm not even really near the the place that's happening um so like so i'm good but um for my school like we've talked about it what our procedures are you know if you're feeling sick stay home like honestly like be honest with yourself stay home but other than that, there's really nothing to do. You can only react um, for right now. So yeah, that's about it on that that front. Uh, hopefully, I'm not worrying you too much. But um, let's uh, let's get into your opening rant. Well, I don't want to stick too long on on uh, this uh, on the coronavirus front. We could talk uh, plenty about pandemics. Let's. Let's hear what you have to say about, um, let's see what you have to talk about this week. So your rent this week, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. What do you have for me? Okay, so last week, um, I remember we finished off um, when we were talking about the uh, the multiple topics. One of the things that you said, you know, kind of led into the, this week's topic, um, my generation sabotaging your generation. And to be generation specific, that would be my generation is Generation X and your generation as millennials. Um, I found that kind of offensive, you know, that <clears throat> that you would think that my generation would sabotage your generation when in our actuality, 
and this may seem a little egotistical, but the whole reason your generation exists is because of my generation. Um, I'm a firm believer that we, we we stand on the shoulders of those who come before us. You know, my my parents, your grandparents' generation, um, the baby boomers, uh, they they were the children of the civil rights movement. Um, my generation was the Affordable Housing Act and um, the the um, the Black Power movement. So when your generation comes along and has this kind of, uh, and I'm not speaking to you about you specific, but just from what I've observed, um, this laissez-faire type of attitude that, you know, we exist in a vacuum, I find that offensive, you know, that things are different and and um, being swayed by propaganda and Target and Walmart commercials that there's some type of kumbaya, non-racial existent movement going on. When in all actuality, the um, the enemy is at foot, and the 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 means of which it is being administered may be different, but it is still being administered. And, syst- and systematic racism still exists. That um, I'm not saying that there's no reason to be optimistic. But there is a reason to be cautious at all times, you know. So when I hear something about my generation sabotaging your generation, it it, it comes across again uh, offensive, and I'm I'm almost uh, to some degree confused by that. So you know, at this point, you know, to wrap up my rant of of, of displeasure, you know, brought about by that statement. I want you to elaborate and, and kind of tell me what you mean about, you know, how, how we sabotaging you because it's always been my belief that like my parents and grandparents generation kind of laid the groundwork for, for, for my generation to pick up the baton and, and kind of, you know, improve on what was already improved from the previous time. So I'm going to, um, defer to you so you can elaborate on what you meant by that. All right. Um, I, I have to disagree with you like that, man. When you said that there had been no social um, you know, issues that my generation uh, had to deal with. <clears throat> Because keep in mind, I was born in 1969, you know, and between 69 and say 76, there was this um, thing you may have heard of called busing. And busing um, bred a social environment that was so toxic and so, um, you know, uh, devastating that it, that it left an impression upon me. You know, uh, I remember going to elementary school. I think I was uh, going to second, I was in second grade. And uh, busing had just, had, it, had, it had kicked out maybe a year or two before, but um, we were starting to, they were here in Louisville, well, in Louisville, they redistricted the, the schools. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> clear my throat. Um, redistricting the schools. So kids from my neighborhood, which were predominantly black neighborhood, we were going, being bused, 
you know, into an area of town where not so many blacks live. And um, the school, uh, I'll name it, was Guttermook Elementary School. And I remember on the first day of school, uh, when we arrived, you know, kids on the school bus, you know, I think I was in the second grade, as I said, you know, and the school went all the way up to sixth grade back then, you know, for elementary. And, um, you know, kids were excited, first day of school, new school clothes, the whole, you know, shebang. And uh, mm-hmm. when we got, when we turned into the little subdivision that the school was housed in, we noticed mm-hmm. people standing on the side of the road, you know, um, you know, they didn't look too happy to see it. And right before we turned into the school uh, parking lot, there were people shouting and screaming and hollering. You know, um, the bus driver told us that we would be staying on the bus. You know, we had we watched people scream and holler. And I can't, I can imagine what they were actually saying. But what I remember most about that was how angry these uh, these white people looked. You know, and it scared the hell out of me. And uh, of course, I do remember that feeling of fear. And we sat on that bus, and I remember. Um, the girl sitting next to me um, wet herself because we was on the bus so long before we got to go in. You know, and then when we finally went into school, you know, uh, we were shut it in. The people were, were escorted out of the parking lot and everything. Uh, we, went in the, we went into school and then we went into like a little auditorium and then we found out where our classes were. They sent us up to our classes. And mm-hmm. I remember being sat next to this white kid. And I still remember his name. His name was Doug. And uh, he just kind of looked over at me and smiled. And I smiled back. And we ended up being cool. But when I got home that day, the anger that my mother and my grandfather had, you know, was, was so intense that, you know, my grandfather stormed out of the kitchen and slammed the door and you know my mother kind of just hugged me and and was like that it and told me that it would get better and as the days went along went along it did but when you say that there was no social impact in my generation that's not what i said that's not what i said well, i want to be clear okay well, i said that Okay. I said that there wasn't any, uh, there wasn't any, when I say there's any social, there wasn't a social movement, I meant like you weren't, you didn't have to fight for that stuff. That was what your parents were fighting for as you were a child. When you were an adult in the 80s, 80s and early 90s is when you became an adult, right? Late 80s, early 90s. Right. What was the social political change that you were fighting for in the late 80s, early 90s? To be, <clears throat> excuse me, the same political change that every generation for me was to be accepted. In the early '80s, late '90s, I was in the military. I was in I was in the United States Army, and we and, and as black soldiers, we had to make sure that we maintained a seat at the table. Just because you arrive doesn't give you a free pass to state that you will always be there. So I agree. Our, our fight wasn't so much that you know. Um, you know, uh, for, for integration and to be able to ride buses or to be able to sit at diners or to be able to, to progress a particular movement or whatever, it was to be able to maintain a particular movement. And also, in during that era, the late 80s and early 90s, a consciousness among my, my generation started to awake and we started to realize, some of us, 
some of us in my generation started to realize that maybe this thing of integration wasn't such a great idea because we started noticing things happen in our own particular communities back home that, that were becoming more, were beginning to devastate us as a people. You know, food, yeah. food deserts in neighborhoods. You know, yeah. um, we didn't have a particular movement that you can name, you know, um, off the top of my head. No, we didn't, we didn't have a particular movement, but there were social issues that we invested ourselves into. You know, now, yeah. but, and I, I know your generation, um, I know your generation has, is, is big on labels and, and big on saying, well, we are doing this, but you didn't do that. You know, that's not, I, I really, I really want to jump in because like, I think it's really important to put a name to things. Um, our generation was a care, was a caretaker generation. And those generations are largely underappreciated. Yeah. I'm, Historically speaking. Yeah. Um, and you can even see it in movies. Like uh, if you, you watch Interstellar, right? Interstellar. Is that, is that uh, when the when the guy uh, promises his daughter he's going to come back? And uh, Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that, that one. That one where his generation was the caretaker generation. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to be known as the caretaker generation. They want to be the revolutionaries. Like they want to be the, the change makers, not the, the caretakers. No one wants to be the caretaker. I don't have a problem. However, however, there is an importance to being a caretaker. I agree. And it's like, and so you you did. You maintained our seat at the table. Like, and and now I want to jump into like the main point of the sabotage. So right now, it, you have a millennial movement or what have you to try to make large social change on a global level. And this is an incredibly difficult under, undertaking. Like, not from the simple fact that, like, they're trying to change literally the world, but it's a large social undertaking Undertaking from the fact that they're trying to do something that has never been done. Largely, no one other than that generation believes in it. And it's going to require the implementation of large infrastructure and governmental change on a fundamental level. Now, the sabotage comes in when someone says to you, well, it's I've never seen it before, so it's not possible. That's the problem. Like when when I say, hey, I have the baton in my hand, let me run. Like I'm saying, I got this. You're supposed to be there to help me if I need help. Now, if I need help, please be there. But under the circumstance that I don't need the help and you continue to hold on to try to steer me the direction for which you see, you're not in the front of the line anymore. I am. I'm the person who can see the rest of the race. Now, it might not be the rest of the race that I can run, but I can run as far as I can. And if you're continuing to stare me the way that only you can see when I can see further than you, then of course I'm gonna see it as sabotage. And that's not as an insult to you, it's by definition of the race. Okay, okay. I'm soaking everything in that you just see. And my, I'm fine, I'm, <laughs> my brain is firing in so many different directions because I hear what you're saying. 
and I can and 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 I can also see people of your of your um, generation. Um, if you know when they hear this, I can see them cheer you on and like, yeah, that's what he yeah that's that's what y'all doing. You're, you're you're not you're not you know we see further than you and you know and um, we know where, we know where this race is supposed to go and people in my generation as I'm doing right now as I'm listening to this is shaking my head like wow you know the morning doesn't know what the afternoon already expects you know you you, you see this um, this vision that your generation has uh, where it knows where it wants to go um, in my opinion and from my life experiences and everything that I got from the baby boomers and the silent generation. Um, you know, the silent generation being the ones that were, you know, dealt with uh, Jim Crow, yeah. baby boomers, yeah. were right. Everything, see, we, we, we've had the privilege of sitting down at the feet and listening and being spoon-fed from those generations where your generation has the benefit of ours you know, you, 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 you listen to us, you know, as we feel as though you listen to us half-heartedly, you know, and you, you listen. think so? Let me All of us? Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. <laughs> because, okay. And, and I'm going to refer right back to what you just said. Um, we okay. feel as though you listen to us half-heartedly. You listen even less to the baby boomers because you have this, Y'all have this this vision of knowing where you want to go, and myself and the baby baby boomers and those of the, and those that are left of generation um, of the silent generation are looking at you like, wow, you really want to go in that direction? You know, you really want to take it there because from where we stand, you know, and 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 we stand. We feel as though we stand on higher ground, where we can see the whole valley, you know, and um, we don't see y'all going in the direction that uh, that that we, we felt that we were headed, you know. And yes, you were right when you said that my generation is the uh, the bridge generation, the caretaker generation, and and some of us, myself included, feel like when we look at y'all, we drop the ball because. It seems as though your vision, you're your wanting to include everything and your acceptance of everything is, is, is beginning to take us backwards a little bit. And even though you feel as though y'all moving forward, to us, it seems like, nah, this is, this is not what, 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 what we died for. This is not what we... Um, what we went, what we went through all this for. This is not what we got holes and beat for. For y'all to sit around and to 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 move in this direction, and it's and it's it's this disheartening to a degree. To when when we say I try to say something that y'all look at us like, now nah, we got this. This is our turn. You know, we see the end. You know, what you see is not the end that we want. And and I get that. I get that you want. A particular, you have, y'all have an idea of a particular destination. It's just that when we see what your idea is for that particular destination, it almost feels as though you're setting us back. You know? Okay. 
Go ahead. Can I? May, may I? I'm sorry. Please. Um, Please. So, and I'm going to bring politics into this because, of course, it's the natural extension of power. Exactly. Go ahead. So, do you feel like the last four years was regression? No. Yeah. So, you don't feel like the last four years was re- re- regression? Oh, you said regression. I think you said progression. Yeah, it was very yeah. regressive. It was, it was, it was, it was familiar territory for us. Guess who had nothing to do with that? Guess who had nothing to do with that? My generation. I disagree. Had yeah, I disagree. Nothing your, to do with that. Your generation, your generation, um, and, which, and and let's break this down into racial terms as well. Your generation, your, the, the young black generation, you claim had nothing to do with it, but y'all didn't come out and vote either. Y'all had a lot to do with it. Uh, the youth vote in 2016 was less than it was in, in uh, 2012. In 2008, and your Why do you think that was? Why do you think that was? Well, because y'all didn't like Hillary or Bernie. We didn't like Hillary. So you like Trump better? No, but like the problem is, you didn't like, like you didn't like Hillary, but you sat out and allowed Trump to come in. That makes the a problem. What? Okay, so here here's the thing. Like so, you you're forcing us between taking cyanide and uh, let's say napalm. No, we'll die either way. We'll die either way. And and so okay, like, so by sitting by sitting out, you 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 shove you shove the cyanide down the country's throat, and then hope. And I use that word very loosely. Hope that someone like Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Pete Booted, Mayor Pete, um, or heaven forbid, Bloomberg can come up with a cure. So no, actually not. So wait, a no. so, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. So you sit out, you don't show up, you neglect your responsibility as a citizen, and and and, and voice your protest by not participating. In, in a in a event that your the generation before you died in order to participate in, all this, well, I I voted actually. So. Well, okay. generationally, so okay. you <laughs> out of this and allowed Trump to win in protest of Hillary. So you cut off your nose to spite your face. You threw the water out in the baby too. Just so four years from four years later, you think you can rally the troops and rectify what you sat out and neglected before this is your generation uh, yeah now and uh, allow me to retort please as 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 far as my generation is con- concerned you can't blame them for being unenthusiastic about about somebody who was a racist like or who, who supported racist policies i'm talking about hillary not trump i know hillary he, was the one i know hillary was one of all of that yeah. yeah she called black people super predators not mm-hmm. trump so, and let, me, actually, let me ask, as a matter of fact, oh, as a matter of fact, they were friends. So, so let me ask you something real quick. Do you believe that there is a white person over the age of forty that has never said a negative that has never said a negative thing about a black person? Do you believe that individual exists on a on a, on a broad scale? That someone over the forty or fifty year old has has, any, has ever said anything at the dinner table or amongst friends that was negative about black? Any, I believe that. 
I believe that that is a, a largely impossible, except for maybe, except for maybe, Bernie Sanders. And the only reason why I can say that about him. Oh my God. And, and can, can you can you give me a second? Can you give me a second? Yeah. The only reason why I can say that about him is because of what he had to suffer through. All his family died because of racists. So, so like, so it, 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 it's, 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 a, it's a little different. It's a little different. Bernie's like great white oak. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Because his family suffered through the Holocaust. And I'm not trying to minimize the Holocaust or the Jewish experience um, at all. In, in, in any way. Please, please, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, because we believe, no, because your generation believes, and some of mine too, um, that he has a familiar connection with atrocities and, and, and uh, gross misuse of justice and being stereotyped and abused. You know, and impoverished. And impoverished, that he can directly relate to the atrocities that, that, that black folks went through? No, he can empathize. Okay, he, okay, he can empathize. So, and by empathizing, he will be the, you know, the caretaker and the savior of all those who've ever had suffrage placed upon them. Yo, I hate that word, savior. I hate that word. You know, but, but you know, you can, you can hate the word, but still understand the definition applies. You know, the definition doesn't apply because it means that we allow him to do all the work. You know what? No, he, he, he can do all the work. We, we, me and you both are intelligent enough to know that, you know, as if he is elected president, or whoever's elected president, the people are going to have to support the policy and, and, and enforce what goes on from that. You know, so, and, and, he's, and he's just the voice of the people that, that you know, is in a position to, to do certain things. I say savior because when I listen and, you know, the difference between, and this is really gonna set you off, <laughs> the difference between a Bernie Sanders rally and a Donald Trump rally is that Donald Trump is saying everything that we don't wanna hear. And Bernie is saying everything that we do wanna hear. But if you look, Yo, here we go. But, 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 if you, but, but if you look, if you take Bernie and Trump off the stage, and then put the 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 the, uh, the people up, and, and I know the races are going to be different in the crowd. But if you look at their facial expression, if you listen, if you look at the eye, the the ivory that they possess, it's the same. Oh my gosh, it's no, it's really not. And it's like it's also it's so everybody so sad. At, uh, um, at, at a Bernie rally and, and they're all pitchforks and tiki torches at the Trump rally. Is that what you're saying? No, like that's, I'm not even saying like that. Like I see that that's the difference. I don't think that the people that are following Trump are bad people. Mm -hmm. I think, that, I think they're desperate people. I think they're misguided. Yeah. Yeah. Girl. Like, so like I, I never, I never really bought into the Hillary Clinton like theory that all the people that vote for Trump are bad. Now, I will say this, after watching all the things Trump has done, and then if people support him after what he's done, and they can actually put word to, like, 
word to policy and say, yeah, I support this policy, even though I know that it is structurally racist. Okay, then I judge you. But most of those people, they don't like the negativity that comes from it, but they're so desperate that they believe that they have to swallow that negative pill to get what they need. Now, I agree. You made the, you, I agree. You I made, agree with you on that. You made the connection to Bernie Sanders, and and you knew it was going to piss me off. I, I think you said I, it on purpose. I think you said it on purpose to do that because you love me when I'm I'm this way. I so do. I'm gonna give you exactly what you asked for. Give it to me. The point, like the point that you're trying to make, is that you think that the world that we're trying to exist is an incorrect one. It's one that you didn't see as the destination, but the destination the destination wasn't for you. Your the destination that, is, that, you're that, trying is, that, to, is, that is that is so um, it hurts. The destination wasn't for me. No, you're right. It, it wasn't for it's me. It's not for me, but it, it's not for me either. But it's so, That's it's so, so is it for you to say what the destination is then? If it's not for you? Is it for no, you? No, we're all... Is it, is it for We're you? all... Go ahead. No. No, we're... we're it, that's the thing. The destination is not for us to decide. Our job is to run the best race that we can. All right. You ran the best race that you could. Okay, we but, but we should still be an all-inclusive term. We should also we should also mean the people before you. The people, you know what? When it, when, oh, so now you want to integrate? No, 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 no. I want to I want to integrate. <laughs> I want to integrate with generations. I'm, oh, okay. I'm not integrating with 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 other races. I'm talking about integrating <laughs> generations. I, th- I, think that is, I think that is important, you know, and 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 and, and um, and to just take this uh, in a in a different but same direction. Um, in Africa, they had these things called garot, and what they did, they were storytellers. You know, they didn't write their history down; they they passed it on um, by by telling stories. You know, and you know they would sit the children down, they would tell them these stories, empower them with these stories. And then, as time went on, these children would grow, grow old, and pass it on down to the next. And that way, the history of the people would never be lost, but would always be embedded into the generations to come. Now, with that being said, when you say we run the best race that we can, what you, what, what you, and, and that sounds great, but what you really mean is. We run the race that we want to run. You know, we see, we have a vision for our future, just like my grandparents and my great grandparents had a vision. My mm. great grandparents had a vision of freedom. They had a vision of wanting to to not even have a seat at the table, but be to be, to be allowed on the porch that was connected to the house that had the room where the table existed. You know, yeah. then my grandparents, they want, they seen the table. They got to go into the house and they wanted to sit down. My parents, they smacked the, they kicked the door off the hinges and sat down at the table and took the ass whoopers that came with it. My generation was supposed to make sure that by no means, by any means necessary, we never get up from that goddamn table. And my generation- We're watching, we're watching, your, we're watching your generation 
leave the house and try to 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 create something that that takes us so far away from wrong. I'm wrong. Wait a minute. You know what? You can say that I'm wrong, but I'm telling you what we see. And my and what we you can't say what I see is wrong. You can say, you can say that I may be wrong. You're trying to do something different than other than what I'm saying. But what? We, okay, cool. The yeah, you're right. I, the reason why I get so passionate about this um, is because I listen to those stories from my parents and my grandparents. I remember my grandmother, your great grandmother, telling me that she could, when when she was a little girl, her grandmother would take a piece of string and 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 put it right there in her in her waistband and then run it down to her her ankle and then cut the string, you know, at that length. And then they would go to the store because she couldn't try on clothes. She would use that string to measure her, measure her clothes up against the thing. And then when the lady that was running the store would see that, she would tell them to get, you know, get, like, you know, you would stomp your foot at a dog or a cat. You know, yeah, I, know I remember the look in my grandmother's eyes and she's telling me the story while she's taking me school shopping. So, yeah. so when when when, th- when when those stories and those events transpire, and then I see your generation. And th- yeah, what do you see though? Like that, like that's the part that I'm really confused about. Maybe that's why I may why I don't understand you. What is it that you're seeing that makes you think that I'm forsaking everything that my great great grandparents fought for? Your great grandparents, like I, I don't understand I think, okay. what you yeah, see. No, no, what I'm, what I'm, I think. <laughs> Because I think you're looking at two different kinds of millennials. Well, see, you you don't really, and I don't, and, and I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you. I don't look at you as a millennial. You're trying to be the voice of a generation where, I mean, technically in the, um, when, it, when it comes to, uh, I'm looking at something on the computer right now, and uh, it's got like a breakdown of the generation. The silent generation is from 1928 to 1944. I mean, 1945. They endured the civil rights. Baby Boomers were 1946, 1964. They were the Civil Rights Movement. Generation X, my generation, came of age during the Fair Housing Act and the Black Power Movement. Millennials, millennials, and this is, I'm reading this, benefited greatly from these major successes. Um, the millennial generation is 1981 to 2000. Benefited from the great, greatly from these major successes, despite the continuing realities of racism racism and discrimination are there significant differences between African-American generations in the assessment of black opportunity in America that's a part of an article mm. I was reading um, and preparing for this uh, this, this, this topic um, now the way I see your generation is not the way I see you son you uh, wow. you have a foot you were born in 1987 86 you were born in 1986 so you're six years from your birth, not your adulthood, your birth of of, of my generation. Um, but you were infused with the ideologies and, and you hung around and you were around people that were coming into their own, your mother, you know, were coming into their own um, as adults as you were starting to understand things. So you... Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. You don't, you don't, you, you know, and that's why I get so frustrated with you sometimes when we get into these, these, these conversations because 
you're taking on the mantle of a generation that you have one foot in and one foot out of. You're championing people that, and if you really look, and, 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 and I'm not saying that you don't look, I know you pay attention to everything. Um, <laughs> um, if, but if you really dive into, because we've had conversations before on the phone where we're talking about specific things without stating mm-hmm. names, um, yeah, and we agree, <laughs> and we agree, and we agree, and yeah. we agree. But I understand that in in this context, you're representing the millennials, and this is almost like an episode of First Take, where Stephen A. Smith is saying one thing, and Michael Kellerman has to take the opposite side of it. And that's how I feel about this because I know your views on a lot of these things. Now, I'm not I'm not touching the Bernie Sanders and the Trump and all of that thing. But when it comes Thanks. to our racial um, situation and, and, and the movement, uh, the forward movement of, uh, of, of African-Americans, we're usually in, in concert with, uh, with each other's beliefs. Well, we are like and, and, and that like there's no there's no separation like and that's I think that's something that we can we have a consensus about like I, I see no separation in our views of like uh, um, I don't want to call it a new black power movement because it's not uh, more like black it's more like black awareness or okay. like okay. Yeah. Black, black remembrance mm-hmm. but like um, I mean we don't have I, I'll, I'll be honest like when I think about what black leadership looks like these days we don't we don't, we don't have it we don't we don't have it I mean but, but that's only, but that's only because that's only because when we think of black leaders what's, what's the first name pops in your mind Malcolm X Malcolm okay yeah that's my boy uh right <laughs> but but for the for the majority of people when they think black leaders they think Martin Luther King they think, uh, of, yeah. They think of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But they think about someone who stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, gave gave a rousing speech, you know, that moved the people. You know, um, we don't have that today. So we're looking in comparison. We don't have a Malcolm. We don't have a Martin. We don't have a Marcus. You know, we don't. Yeah. We don't have a Huey. You know, we don't. We don't have that today. And and and. Sometimes when there's not proper leadership, and you know this from being from being in the military as well, you know when you don't have proper leadership, you know the the, the body tends to fall apart. You know the mission Absolutely. the mission doesn't get you know, um, and this probably goes back to why I see things the way I see them. The mission doesn't get uh, taken care of. You know, there's no follow through on the mission. I'm to go back to your earlier point, you know, why I see, what do I see when I see your generation? I see, um, boy, this is a tough one. It's not tough, but uh, I'm just gonna say it. I see a lot of acceptance of things that my generation wasn't so willing to accept and that my parents, your grandparents' generation would have never accepted. I see the willingness to concede the ideas that were considered taboo and off limits. You know, it, uh, it, they, they, they <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say that line from, uh, from uh, Lethal Weapon, they always fuck you at the drive-thru, you know? Yep. And, and that's what's happening. We see these commercials where, 
you know, man, I'm gonna sound, yeah. oh, I'm gonna sound horrible. <laughs> when, yeah, no, you're good, you're good, you're good. I got you, I got you. I got you. No, 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 I'm just saying, this is gonna come across as, you know, because, you know, your brother and your sister, and, you know, they get on me all the time, like, Dad, you are so not politically correct. You know, you are, uh, you're so, you're so 80s, you know, and, and I guess I am. I'm so 70s and I'm so 80s. And um, your great grandfather said something to me one time um, in his later years before his uh, dementia Alzheimer's took, took hold of him. He said, I don't recognize this world anymore. That's how I know that I'm not long for it because this isn't the world that I know. Things are changing too fast for me. That's how I know I'm not gonna be here much longer. And that made me so sad when he said that. You know, and I'm like, well, what are you talking about, Granddad? You know, and, and, and he just, he never elaborated, <coughs> you know. Mm. But now I'm at the age where, and I, I'm just 50, you know, and, and 50 ain't old, you know. No, it's not. It, it was old when I was 25, Man, they are 50 old. But now that I'm 50, 50 ain't old. But I'm starting to look around. And I'm and I understand what my grandfather meant. I don't recognize this world. I don't feel comfortable in this world as I did 20 years ago. 10 years, 15 years ago. You know, and, you, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, and I I agree with that sentiment actually like when you say like you look around and you're like I don't recognize this world like a lot of us a lot of millennials um and and I you know halfway in halfway out and uh, I'm in a weird zennial period like because the gen the generation after me is generation Z and I think that's what my sister and my little brother in mm -hmm. and that generation is something else entirely but every generation I guess has a problem with the generation after it yeah I'm feeling it already but <laughs> but when you say like when when he said i look around and i don't recognize this world a lot of us feel like we look around and we're like i'm not supposed to be here yeah like and that's why like a lot of my generation is kill are killing themselves they're literally killing themselves because they can't corroborate in their mind the world that exists and the world that's supposed to exist like and there's a there's a to exist. you know what 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 is what is supposed to look like anxiety it's supposed to is the beginning of anxiety <laughs> <laughs> okay okay but 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 for me like when i look out like i just i guess it i'm disappointed i'm constantly and like i'm constantly disappointed and I think the only time that I'm not disappointed is when I'm teaching my students. Mm -hmm. But like, is when I leave, because, I look. Yeah, because that you're in control of what's being taught? Well, more so that I, I have hope. I have hope that they will fix whatever intangibly I feel like I feel is wrong. And it, it goes back to that book you made me, not made me read, you gave me. Okay. Um, when I was in high school. And every since I read that book, the world just didn't look right. To my Ishmael. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, and I couldn't. I. It's like unplugging yourself from the matrix. Mm-hmm. And and then after you unplug yourself, you're like, 
yo, this sucks. Right. I'm gonna plug back in. I'm no. plugging back in. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm plugging back in. Yeah. Like, uh, no, I don't, I don't know. I'm plugging. Like, and so you plug yourself back in, and you feel yourself plug yourself back in, and once you're plugged back in, you're like, I know I'm plugged in now. Right. All right. So now, like, even when I eat the steak, I know it's not steak, so it doesn't satisfy me. Right. And that's but a lot. That's what I wanted you to see in that book. I wanted to have a shared experience with you, and I and. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, nothing is ever the same once you take your glasses off and you see the world for what it is. You know, you can't. That being, Go ahead. that being said, though, I, I want to use that as a transition, exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, once you take your glasses off and see what the world really is, you can't unsee that. Mm-hmm. For a lot of us, when we, like, when we did that, it changed the way we see what we have to do with the world. No longer, like, Unfortunately, the days of uh, separating ourselves out and having this movement and that movement separate from each other, those days are over. Mm. It's impossible. It's impossible to, to change things that way. Factionality does not change anything anymore. So we're having to find new ways to do things. And unfortunately for some people, that means accepting things that they necessarily would not do in their life. That means that nurses like who are all pro-choice have to stand next to nuns who are pro-life who have to stand next to uh, LGBTQ whom they don't necessarily agree with due to their religious doctrine who have to stand next to like some hillbilly no offense to the hillbillies listening the hillbilly who might necessarily not like what that lifestyle is and all of these people are standing in a line in alignment with each other not because they believe in each other they they clearly don't they stand in alignment with each other because they can all acknowledge what eat like what each of them has seen because they took off their glasses and they saw the world mm. and what they saw was that the world has to change now if they're wrong about how the world has to change, well, the world will, of course, correct. It always does. Always does. Like, like, unfortunately or fortunately, chaos is quite orderly. Like, if you step out of line, chaos will realign you. However, that's unfortunate for the people who are watching from the previous generation, as for you. Because <laughs> if we're right, if, if we're right, then you're you're not going to see it and that's going to forever sadden me. But if we're wrong, fortunately for us, you'll never see it. So <laughs> you won't know how much so, we're <laughs> so in other words, if we don't see that, we'll never know how right we were. And then if we don't see the other, we'll never know how wrong we were. But And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I get that, man. I get that. I know that, um, I know that, you know, we we run and I'm, I'm using your words now we run the best we can and the reason we run the best we can is is a complicated answer we run because we hope you know that the future is a better place than the present and the past we run because we love you know we love our children and we want that world to be better than the world that we came from you know we run because that is our nature to run to the light and i get it i get it i truly do 
It's just that when I see what I see today, and 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 I and I'm even willing to go as far as to admit that I received some some bad information. Uh, let me no, I won't say bad information. I received information that may not have been in the best complete. Complete. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that assist. I may not have received complete information as a as a young man or as a young, young as a young as a young child. Um, and I grasped it and I and I ran with it, you know. And um, so now I'm still looking. I tell myself at times that I've taken my glasses off and I see the world as it is, you know. But sometimes I have to remind myself that maybe I don't have them all the way off, you know. Uh, when I look at when I look at the world today, um, I know it's I know in some regards it's better than you know my parents world and my grandparents world there's not um there's not an overt you know um interpersonal relationship um, interpersonal racism you know but i'm also you know as i said in the intro uh last week when we were introducing ourselves i'm a convicted felon you know and i've seen you know systematic racism at its worst um you know, when I was in prison, and um, I was absolutely, I was in prison in Georgia back in the late '90s, early 2000s, and um, I saw things that I only heard my grandfather—not my father or my mother, but my grandfather—talk about. You know, being called uh, nigger to my face. I don't believe in saying the N word, but being called yeah. nigger to my face, boy. You know, um, and then looking around like, you know, ain't no someone gonna say something or do something with what the heck? But everybody was like, that's the norm, man. You, you in the South. You know, yeah, that's true. You know, and so those those are my, those are just, and that's just briefly. One day we'll, we'll get into all of this, but that's just a, a brief synopsis of my experience. And so when I see things today, you know, it's one thing for someone to tell you something, but when you actually see it and experience it, 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 it makes it different. It colors, it tends to color your outlook on, on, on humanity and the world around you. And I operate from that. You know, I said, I said last week that, you know, I believe in my experiences, you know. Absolutely. I don't apologize for them. You know, when I, where I come from, sometimes... You know, I've been, I've been, like I said, I've been told that I'm very politically incorrect when it comes to my ideas and, and views or whatever. You know, uh, but I, and I love the way the picture that you colored with the nurse standing next to the nun, standing next to the LBGTQ, standing next to you know the the hillbilly, so to say. Uh, no offense to the hillbillies and the listen. Um, that uh, <laughs> that. Uh, that that contrast of, of of ideologies all standing in line. I mean, I believe it. I don't. I don't think no one, no one does not deserve to exist, and no one does not deserve to have their rights taken from. You know, but we all, in a, in a perfect world, we would all have a seat at the table. You know, and no one would have to serve anyone outside of the the fact that they want to. You know, 
yeah. And but my life experiences have 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 shown me that you pull back the curtain and you see what you see. You have to live with it, you know, and and you have to deal with it, and you have to be willing to fight for it. You know, when I was 21 years old, I came home. Um, I had just gotten back from Desert Storm. And uh, I came home on 30-day leave. And just so happens in, in Louisville, where I'm from, um, they were having a Klan rally. And um, I went to it. I went down there to it. And they had the black people standing on one side of the street. They had the white folks standing on the other side of the street, Jefferson Street, downtown Louisville, Kentucky. True story. Look Dang, at that's right in, the, right in the middle of the street. <laughs> in the middle of the dang city. Right in the middle of the city. And um, so I, they had like little gates. You know, so you know, you know, like when you get on a roller coaster, you got the little turnstiles and you go. Yeah. Well, you have yeah. like one one line for like um, for one roller coaster and one line for the other roller coaster, but you're all getting on the same particular roller coaster. Yeah. But yeah, they had the line set up. You know, blacks go down this way and they stand on this side of the street. Whites go down this way and go down the um, on the white side of the street. So I got there and I was like, I got in the line where the white folks were, and <laughs> and and every and all the black people were like, no, nah, it's the wrong line. I said, why is it the wrong line? You know, so I went through the line and the white folks are looking at me and you know I'm standing there on the side of the street and, and the white folks and this is on the news. You know, so you won't fact check what I'm saying. Go to the archives, WHAS Channel 11 News. Um, I'm standing on the side of the, on the street, and uh, white folks are yelling, "You don't belong over here." I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a United States soldier. I belong wherever I stand. At. Wherever I stand is where I belong. You know. <laughs> then the police comes up to me. You got to go. You, you, you know, you got to leave. I said, "No, no." Then the camera shows up, and you know, and the police are dragging me off, and I'm like, "They're making me leave." From a street that I have every right to stand on. So I say all that to say this. My position when it comes to my generation, uh, to to generation A, is that we've endured and we watched and heard the stories of what our parents and grandparents endured. So when we look at your generation, when we look no, when we look at the millennial generation, we see people who kind of brush off and blow off that well this isn't the 60s I've heard people uh, millennials say well this isn't the, the 80s you know the 80s fashion's cool but this isn't the 80s and Jim Crow has long been dead you know and I hear those things and I see those things and it hurts because to dismiss the 60s and, and Jim Crow and and everything that got you here is to pretty much is pretty much a slap in the face, saying that everything before you doesn't matter. And I know that's not your views. No, it's really not. I know that's not your views, um, but that's the impression that 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 is given when we hear terms like. And I know you've elaborated on it. I'm just going back to it to kind of put a bow on it a little bit. That's what we hear when we hear terms like "just sabotaging us." We have uh, uh, we have a direction we're going in that is not like 
the direction you came from. So please sit down, shut up, and enjoy the ride. And hopefully you'll be around long enough to have some of the fruits from our life. That's what we hear when we hear stuff like we're sabotaging you. And I know that's not what you meant, but that's what's perceived when we hear stuff like that. And to, to tie it all, to tie the bow that you placed. Um, no, um, I, I, I don't want you to sit down and I don't want you to shut up. I don't want you to enjoy the ride. That's not what I want. <laughs> um, like what I want is for you to work every day until you die, just like we will. Right. Um, and, and we will. To that endeavor, and to that endeavor, like we, like we're all fighting this, like we're all fighting the same fight and we're running the same race. However, uh, when I when I was saying sabotage, and, and I'll re-clarify just to put a bow on it. Like what I mean, what I mean is this: like we're we're running a very different kind of race now. Like for a while, I feel like it was like sprint to this, sprint to that, sprint to this. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, yeah, we're sprinting, but we can't stop. Like there's a fire behind us. And yeah, that fire is that fire is. Uh, the new rising of, of nationalism and, and uh, the hard right. Yeah. Um, that 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 fire is global global climate change. That fire is uh, plutocracy and and a glowing a growing class war. There's so many things that weren't paid attention to because everyone was just trying to survive. Everyone was just trying to sit at the table. What they didn't realize is that. Like on the, like the table looks great, but on the outside of the house, at the back of the house, there was somebody with a flamethrower, and they were burning that freaking house down as you were trying to get inside of it. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to figure out a way to both simultane- simultaneously save the house, build a new house, and kill the guy with the flamethrower. <laughs> and it's really difficult. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly difficult to do, especially when you can't express yourself in the right way. Especially when you like, you're never gonna like, you, when you're young and you say all the wrong things, like you say all the right things the wrong way. Yeah, um, because you're just trying to get everyone to get out of the house. Wow. Like, yeah, <laughs> so like, you know, yeah, I, I, I get it, I get it, and and you know what, man, I'm and I'm encouraged by you that um that what you say lines up with what you do. And I know that on the when, when we first started this and, and, and you know when this top when this topic for this um this this episode came up last week, you know, we knew that this was gonna be a little heated and a little back and forth. But I also knew that you could only have conversations like this with people whose minds are open enough to have them with. You know, and yep. I'm encouraged. You know that, and I, I realize that your leg of this race has to be ran differently than my leg of the race was ran. You know, it's just that you know we have con- my my concern is the direction. And you're right, I won't, I probably won't be here. You know, for you to pass the baton off to to your son or to to the generation after you. Um, but I'm encouraged you know, by your, you know, by your passion and by your determination that um, the race will be won, you know, and um, 
And if by some chance it's not, I won't be around to see it, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can I'll see what I can do to make sure I keep you around. Like we'll we'll see. We'll work on that that uh, Medicare for all so that uh <laughs> around, so. see. <laughs> see and, and we transitioned right into my victory. So. Yes, yes, well deserved, well deserved, I will say, and well earned. You know, Bernie showed, yeah. showed, showed the stuff, he showed out, he showed out in the crowd. Yeah. That's, that's. And, and that's my good stuff. Actually, I, this rolls right into our good stuff this week. My good stuff this week is that Bernie won. And it sounds really like, it sounds really pretentious and, and ridiculous when we talk about, you know, personal good stuff. Huh? Here's. Here's the reason why I, like, I view it as a good stuff moment. I watched his victory speech in El Paso, or not El Paso, in San Antonio. Uh-huh. Um, and just seeing the different ages, the different um, colors of the people, the kaleidoscope of people behind him. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged like, to believe that even if we lose this election that like these people exist like you know there's always like this like there's always these movies um, that, that always sell really well and it's um, apocalyptic movie when an alien race coming down and destroying us all but the, the united might of humanity stands at the end like that cliche yeah um, but like we're never going to have to face the alien race fortunately because if they get here we already lost Um, but our alien race are that the the thing that is our that could be our annihilation is and when i say our i mean like diverse people in america people um yeah yeah uh people of color people of of ethnic of, of different deformities and and religions and and like sexual orientation and right. pigmentation <laughs> like diverse people like yeah diverse people we the enemy the existential threat is apathy it's not a person it's apathy and so when I see all of those people energized, when I see a 6% rise in participation um, by my generation or by my age group, not generation, um, when I see like uh, more people early voting than have ever early voted in Nevada, like that gives me hope that maybe people aren't as apathetic as they seem. And, and if people are willing to work, then that's half the battle right there. And that makes me feel good. That's my good stuff. Okay. Yeah. And and, and I can appreciate that, man. You know, uh, the thing you said about the kaleidoscope of people, I like I like it. The kaleidoscope of people. And and you know, after the conversation we, we just had, um, it is encouraging to see different people from different walks of life come together and unite behind a banner of hope and willingness to uh, be inclusive and fight for a common goal. So yeah, that's definitely some good stuff. You know, my, my good stuff for the week, and I was conflicted on this because, you know, the good stuff in the previous week was, was, was pretty good. You know, it was, it was personal, it was conversation, 
And um, this week has been kind of, I don't know, man. It's been kind of like transitional, you know. Uh, even though it's February, I know spring is coming. Um, I'm looking around, and, and the weather has been crazy. And we can, you know, that's another topic for another day, climate change. Um, <laughs> the trees are, the trees here um, have buds on them. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, shit, I'm going to have to cut this, start cutting the grass in the next month and a half. They, <laughs> I, mean, I, I ain't cutting grass. But anyway, because uh, all my kids are grown and I have to cut it now. But anyway, um, this, this, with, the, with the seasonal change, you know, it's always uh, brings a thing of hope. And... Um, and oh no, and and, and and good expectations. So I guess my good stuff for this week is that um, you know my daughter, your sister, um, she moved out. Like I said in the intro earlier, she moved out yesterday. And whenever a child leaves the nest, you know there's a lot of hope involved in that. And um, she started her her new job as a as a registered nurse last week, and um, I'm excited. You know, and I, I felt myself uh, earlier this week. I said, damn, I'm, I'm kind of lightweight envious, you know, of that newness. You know, and I remember what it was like when I left home and went into the military and got to my first duty station and, I, I, I you know, got my first apartment and I looked around. And I'm like, shit, I'm an adult, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I can stay in the refrigerator as long as I want to. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, because you, your grandfather used to be big on that, man. What are you stand in the refrigerator for? Ain't nothing changed in that, you know. <laughs> but you know, when I when I when I look at my my, uh, my daughter, your sister, and I'm like, you know, I'm very hopeful, man. You know, and and, and it, it kind of coincides with the seasons about ready to change, and I'm hopeful when it comes to you as well because. Your 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 ideologies and your passion, you know, that's the thing that fertilizes a movement. You know, we started this off talking about there was no real movement, you know, and I think passion fuels the movement. And I'm I'm passionate about you know my children and um, the direction in which they're heading. So my what's good for the week, uh, my good stuff is that. I'm very hopeful for the future, in spite of <laughs> oh my uh, gloom and doom. The course uh, about how your generation treats my generation, I'm still hopeful. I still uh, I still have hope. So yeah, that's it for me. Oh, that yeah, man. That like I always feel like you heap too much praise on me because. Um, I think like anyone like when people are always different like I'm different in each person's eyes that looks at me so really I have a thousand personalities right um, or thou a thousand personas mm-hmm. um, but I I feel particularly small whenever you compliment me because why um, I think because I like, and, and uh, not to, to go on a tangent no. but um, I think I think for me, it's you see the race that I've run. I see how much further I have to go. 
and I, I think it's good. It's good for the perspective, I guess. For it's good for you to appreciate what I've done. But it's probably for my survival, it's probably good that I don't see it. <laughs> but, but, but but hold on. Here's the thing, and and, and I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop you right there. It's not what you've done. It's who you are. You could you could be you could be the supervisor of a garbage disposal company somewhere in Albuquerque. But it's who you are that I'm so proud of. It's not your accomplishments, man. Yeah, I mean, I could I could sit there and say, yeah, my, my son uh, was uh, is retired from the Air Force. My son's this. He's he's teaching over in Japan. And, and whenever I tell people that, they're like, ooh, that's that's wonderful. And I said, but <laughs> and I'm like, but that's not it. It's who he is. You know, he's a man who believes in what he believes in. You know that when he speaks, even though I'm not in your in front of you, I know your eyes match your words, and I know you stand for something. That's what you know. I'm mo- most impressed about. It's not your accomplishments, man. You know, accomplishment. I mean, how many, we both have uh, somewhere. You, you, I don't know if you have yours hanging up, but I have mine in a box. We have medals and awards that 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 state our accomplishments, but. Those things aren't something that that you know. It's what we're doing next. It's and, and the only thing and the only way we can do what's next is because of who we are. That's what I'm proud of when it comes to you. So it's not what you've done. It's who you are. It's the man that that um. It's the man that that's that's standing before me. You know that's that's what I'm proud of. So don't feel small, man. Don't you know? And and I and that's not my intention to make you feel you know like you're not like you don't deserve that praise or whatever man because <laughs> if your brother and sister can tell you anything about me I don't give nothing for the sake of giving it and I don't <laughs> and I don't believe in small talk you know so when I when I say something I mean it you know and it, 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 it comes from the heart you know so take it and deal with it <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will take it as as something to help me grow and not sabotage. There's, there you so, go. That's my man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that uh, that's it for us today. Like we, uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, please yeah. rate the po- rate the podcast. Please rate it. Mm-hmm. Um, send us your questions and um, tell us what you think. Uh, we really we went really went after it today, and that's that's what we normally want to do. We want to talk about things in a, in a passionate and full way right uh, you got anything for the people um stay true to your cause man fight the good fight um me and my son definitely will and uh, look forward to getting back with you next week yep all right guys we'll see you next time all right Bye. <laughs>